0: Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Heather! Hello and welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm so excited Tiffany is back with me for this episode. (laughs) I'm Uh, back! I'm back. Yay, good. So this one might... I don't know what direction this will go since we haven't talked to each other in...
1: I know, it's been a while. A long, long time. But yeah, I went go. back to work, and funny thing about going back to work with a baby is that you're, like, really busy all the time <laughs> and exhausted. And then I got really sick, so I've just been, like, um, in a little hot hole. I'm sorry. But I'm although... ready to come out of it.
0: Okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> Welcome back to humanity. <laughs> I was in a Hobbit hole for a while too, but it was because I was very busy feeling sorry for
1: myself <laughs> for really no good reason. The, I mean, that's a fine reason.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Okay, but I'm back too, so woohoo! woo-hoo. Um, okay. So what's so our quote for our today, quote? Fearless leader? Yes. Oh my god, you're in trouble. <laughs> If I'm the fearless (laughs) leader. Um, So this is from uh, Reflecting Children's Lives, which is a book by Margie Carter and Deb Curtis, who are among my heroes, um, certainly professionally, but I think it has spilled over into my personal life too, just Mm. the way that they have presented things to me and given me different things to think about. This book, Reflecting Children's Lives, is specifically for people who are trying to move or wanting to move from... Traditional, theme-based, uh, adult-directed child experiences to more child-centered, play-based, uh, mm-hmm. emerging kinds of planning. So anyway, the quote is, If the idea of print-rich becomes print over stimulation, it's no longer useful to children or motivating them to pay attention to associating those labels with the objects they represent
1: um end of quote <laughs> This makes total sense to me. Yeah. This is one of those like hands up fully agree right. quotes for me. Yeah. So um oh, it's just like background noise, right? Yes. If you hear the same noise from your fridge all the time, you learn to tune it out to pay attention to everything else. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for print. If it's not um if it's not a peak In your day-to-day incoming stimulation, then it becomes background noise. Mm -hmm.
0: So um, I know you work in a different setting than I'm used to working in, I I, I think. So let me just clarify. So you've been in a public school situation, right? Yeah. It's a preschool classroom in a public school building. So do you have... Um, because the centers that I've been working in for the last several years are just, you know, your basic child care centers for people who are, you know, needing care yeah. all day long, all year long. Um, so we have licensing and a state quality rating system and the centers I've been in are all accredited through NACI. So we have all these different entities telling us that we need to have a print rich environment and right. dictating what that looks like for us. So it, do you have a similar like what's your what's your print rich story <laughs>
1: um, oh my print rich story is that we don't have any licensing we don't have any accreditation we don't have to go through any of those hoops we just get to do what we want to do because weird thing they like trust no. that if you're inside of a public school that like you follow common sense rules that schools follow um, <laughs> which is like good and bad like there are certain things like yes we should sanitize the nap mats every day <laughs> That should just be a rule, right? Um, Let's make it a rule, right? Uh, right? But we don't actually have to be licensed or anything to operate. Yeah. Um, and j-
0: like your but, school, your school corporation or whatever you call them there in your world, do they dictate
1: any kind of? Every classroom has to have this kind of stuff. Um, a little bit. Um, we are kind of a weird island in the middle of nowhere. Um, by island, it's like a mm, Portland's land not an island, island Tiffany. Portland's not an island, (laughs) but the school district I work for is, um, it's a very large area, but very small population, so there's one school building, for well, not building, but like one school campus for the entire district, Mm -hmm. and then there's also an arts school down the street, but that's it, so like everybody who lives in our district goes to the same high school, goes to the same middle school. Most Mm -hmm. of them go, there's like an uh, elementary school and then an arts magnet that they divided time between. Mm -hmm. So um, I've found that there isn't the same vibe that most public schools have because other public schools you'll have the principal who, and like, there's trickle down, right? Right. So like the principal is being told that, oh, we have to implement this math curriculum and it's just this trickle down. But with us, it's the principal comes back and says, hey, I went to this awesome, writing college experience, and I think we should try doing this writing project through all the grades. Let's work together and support it. And then it's almost like the school comes up with their own way to make it work, and it's constantly working to make things better nice. um, and solve problems, uh-huh. which is the opposite of all the other public schools I've encountered. Right. Solving problems
0: is not a big... Right? Well, not a big... that method of solving problems is not a big... Focus in a lot of yeah, public schools. I've yeah. Been in, yeah, it's
1: always top down, never bottom up, and there's a lot of bottom up feedback that comes from oh, us. Cool. Um, that being said, um, over the years there have been print rich. There's specifically a curriculum called Letterland that we have to use uh-huh. that works really well for the older kids, and is it kind of gets lost on preschool mm-hmm. and is not development appropriate in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've gone through definitely different variations of print rich mm-hmm. from everything labeled to just like a room full of these letterland characters over stimulation visually and print wise to now, it's kind of a minimum. I really like to keep the walls bare and keep everything open and then when ev- inevitably the kids come up with labels for stuff mm-hmm. and then those get taped up.
0: okay, so. Yeah, so I I kind of wanted to, to to talk a little bit about what we're talking about when we say print rich, just in case there's folks yeah. out there who haven't um, had that come across their their radar yet. So the the idea is that children need to see print in use, like mm-hmm. like it's another one of those things that philosophically could be sound, but we've just bastardized it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so we we know that children need to have experience with language that's meaningful. Um, And Mm -hmm. so they need to see language being used and they need to see print being used and Mm -hmm. and make those connections. And they need to learn that symbols, these letters are symbols that represent real things. Mm -hmm. Um, So what we've turned that into in so many settings is labeling everything. So every basket has a label with a picture and the word and the words usually in more than one language. And then the shelf for that. Uh, basket goes has a label with the word and the picture and and preferably more than one language and then um each learning area has the big sign hanging from the ceiling that says this is the science area mm-hmm. and and we throw all that in there and we call that a print rich environment. Yeah. And um in Indiana I know the state quality rating system which I actually think we have a pretty good one when I look at the um the requirements for our paths to quality system, I there's no, there's no I don't have issue with that. It's implementation, of course mm-hmm. that 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 I start That's to have perfect. issue with. Yeah. Um, but one of the things it wants is labeling. Everything needs to be labeled, and I have evolved from a teacher who really got behind that and thinking, yeah, that makes perfect sense because then kids see mm-hmm. those words. To thinking, we are overloading them and it's meaning nothing now, and it's that refrigerator humming in the background. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, I also think there's value in having to seek things out. Just mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like having it feel like a treasure hunt. Having it feel like um, I'm excited and learning about this. And it's not just going to like fall into your lap. Uh As a learner, you have to seek it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's valuable. too. So for me, it comes. Oh. Um we have a lot of name labels. I used to have way more than I do now. Now like it's just the names. Cubby. Yeah, like their oh, okay. names on a million things. Um and it used to just kind of be everywhere and not quite as meaningful. And now it's like, "Oh, where can't like you don't know how to spell Heather's name. Where could we look for Heather's name? Do you know mm. where, you know, and like going through that problem-solving process is just as valuable All as right writing Heather's name right. and necessary so that they can do it on their own next time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's
0: an example of how regulations and standards with good intentions have changed teacher practice to make it more shallow. Like, yeah, it's so much easier to just put a label on everything and say that you are, you know, um, introducing children to environmental print than it is to sit with a child who wonders something and think, well, where could we find that and model for them how we can look that up in print or how we can find that in print or um, how we can use use it to make a list or to write down something we want to remember or to
1: write down a story you heard or something like that. Yeah. And environmental print takes all the work out of it. Mm. So another thing we do is we, dicti- we have kids dictate stories to us all the time. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is the most valuable experience. And yeah. is that environmental print? Does that count? When they're watching you write words and they'll they'll say, like, I had a dream. Duh, duh, dream. And then they'll look at the page and they'll be like, oh, is that word dream? Because it starts with D? Uh-huh. And you say, yes. Like, yeah. that is more meaningful than having the pencil box labeled with right. pencils. Right, right. Because- How often do you look at that label and think, like, Hmm, is this the pencils? No, you're like, there's a cup full of pencils. Right. I don't need to read the I see words. see the, <laughs> the pencils. Yeah. <laughs> I can make that connection myself. Thank you.
0: Yeah, so at what level is this print-rich
1: environment really insulting? <laughs> yeah. And I get the value. So I'm right. a, I am like to label things. I know where it comes I'm from. I'm pro-labeler. Yeah. I want to know, like, if I need to find where the tiny animals are. I don't want to have to dig through the whole room to find the tiny animals. Uh-huh. But... It comes to what you value more. Do you value finding the tiny animals in the same place every time, and like being a stickler for nope? You can't put that away in that basket. That's the tiny animal basket. <laughs> or do you value the kids sorting and cleaning up independently? Uh huh. Those are two different things. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that comes back to. So, side note: I'm trying to stop st- starting every sentence with "I think that," but it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I need some sort of environmental print reminder.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's
0: let's print it out in
1: like 12 different languages and just like need, tape it to
0: I need to tape other ways of starting sentences around my studio as uh-huh. reminders. Although my studio right now is Steve's living room. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, where was I going? Oh, I think this goes... There it is. I think this goes uh-huh. back to can people who are... Um, doing early childhood to refer to, to throw back to an episode that I just recorded that will come out before this one. Um, can we articulate why we're doing things? So if if everything in our room is labeled and someone comes in and says, "Why is this labeled? What are the chances that a teacher will respond by um, because we value print rich and we think children need these experiences on their road to literacy? Or are we going to say, well, we have to have them labeled. Licensing says we have to have them labeled. Yeah. and Or if someone came in and said, why aren't these things labeled? Don't you know about the value of a print-rich environment? Can we say, well, it's not labeled. You're right. But here's the way we do mm-hmm. expose them to environmental mm-hmm. print and to how writing can be used. Um, it, it falls back on us. Be able to articulate why we're doing what we're doing and not everybody's comfortable with that or not everybody's had the
1: training that they need to be able to do that yeah and I think it's cyclical too mm. you go through oh I need more environmental print and then you're like oh this is overstimulating and then you're like oh but I don't have enough now <laughs> and you know it's this constant ebb and flow of how much and what's appropriate and what's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm because really when it comes down to it environmental print isn't in my mind put there on purpose it's there because it's necessary okay do you are are those differences making sense i'm yeah. not going to say like oh i'm going to tape up the word chair next to the chairs because these are chairs <laughs> i'm going to say i need this word as a tool to remind me of something. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm going to tape up the names of all the kids who wanted to bring out the chalk today on the door with the word chalk so that I am reminded to bring out the chalk. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the, the intent behind it mm-hmm. is different. Yep. <clears throat> uh, so. And environmental print is also supposed to be, like, when I think of environmental print, I... I think of your shirt that says, enjoy (laughs) Coca-Cola. I think of the words on my mug that (laughs) that a kid's going to say, what does that say? And I'm going to say, it says, friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. Exactly. Like, that's, it's just there. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, unless you're actively trying to avoid it, I don't think there's a lot you need to do to add to it. Yeah.
0: Well, and I it also um, ignores the reality of the way children develop and they don't just spring from being spring into being understanding why we have all these labels around the room and making that connection. That's not the first yeah. step for a young child on the road to literacy. So, you know, I'm working with two year olds and, and that's primarily the age group I've always worked with when I've been in direct care is toddlers. And mm. in, that first step for them is sometimes just understanding that a symbol can represent a real thing and pictures are much more valuable than words yeah. at that yes. point. So playing games, like even just looking through. um So we just did this this week. We just looked through a dis- discount school supply catalog that I found in the closet. And when they saw something they recognized, I'd send them to look for it. <laughs> They'd bring it over to me. And- That's awesome. <laughs> And that was making a connection at the level that they are developmentally. Um, yeah. And that's, that's much more valuable than having um, a word on the shelf where that thing is supposed to go. And then every time they put it in the wrong spot, bringing them back and pointing at the word and saying, no, these go here.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Until that environmental print becomes a huge pain in the ass. Yeah.
1: Because yes. they just
0: want to get through their day. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and experiment and explore, and we're constantly bringing them back to this meaningless set of marks on the shelf. Yes. And we're working counter to what we're trying to do, I think, and that's the case then. Yes. Agreed. Mm. That was fun, that catalog game.
1: That's a great game. <laughs> and it's not a thing that you, like, planned the day before. Right,
0: right. It just Happy. I
1: saw the catalog. I, myself, was
0: bored. So I
1: brought the catalog out.
0: <laughs> Used my coveted and honored flop and do technique where I just sit down and start doing it myself and see who joins me. <laughs> yep, that's a classic
1: technique. Yep, uh, that that's actually exactly how our environment our, <clears throat> our environmental print started on mm-hmm. Thursday. Mm -hmm. As I plopped down with index cards, and I was like, tell me some spooky words. (laughs) And then after about two minutes, they were the ones writing spooky words. Yeah. And they're like, how do you spell shaken shirt? And I'm like, (laughs) ooh, those spooky shaken shirts. (laughs) (laughs) But now everything in our room has spooky words on it, so it's a Uh spooky room. Cool.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, is it Lisa? God, now I'm going to start everything well. End, I think. Uh. Uh, Lisa Murphy, in her playbook, I think it's her that talks about the word cards that she would make with kids as they expressed interest. Yeah. She would give them each, like, an envelope of index cards with the words that they said they wanted to see, and then they would carry those around and interact with those. That sounds like a great idea. Right?
1: (laughs) I want to play. Yeah. And, Mm. I mean... You don't have to wait for a kid to ask you, "Hey, can you write these words on cards for me?" All it takes is somebody to say, like, "How do you sp- how do you write pumpkin?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then inevitably another kid will ask you and then you'd be like, "Oh." And then it
0: just starts
1: and rolls.
0: I was sitting yeah. and, you know, I just covered a tabletop with huge pieces of paper and we had the crayons out and we were all sitting there around doing, you know, 2-year-old crayoning. Yeah. And uh This little boy who, side note, I'm crazy about. Oh, my God. This little boy is so cute. Tiniest little elbow patches on his sweaters. I can't leave till he kisses me on the cheek. I put on my hairnet to serve lunch. And he said, you are a cutie. Oh, Oh God. But anyway, we were crayoning together. And huh. he, he was just making, you know, little squir- squiggles and little two-year-old things, and he would say, that's a A for Omi. I think that's his grandma. That's an A for me. That's an A for daddy. And it wasn't an A, and none of those words start with A. But my choice in that moment was, do I squash this and correct him and start modeling the right letter? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, in the name of environmental print and print rich and literacy or do i just you know let him do his thing because he's experimenting and he's too and he's not maybe ready for the fact that he's so so wrong about things
1: (laughs) (laughs) right gosh the fact that he is doing that at all is like that should be the goal yeah oh
0: right So, yeah, so the teacher in that moment has a choice of, you know, which direction to go. Um, And if we are only trained in or our habits are only allowing us to think about what looks like teaching Mm -hmm. and what is obvious to other people is teaching Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and start correcting and modeling and writing the words myself and turning him off to the experience. Or do I really understand what's happening in that moment? And have I had sufficient preparation, reflection, whatever we want to call it, to take that in an appropriate direction or leave it alone? Sometimes the best teaching is leaving it alone. (laughs) Yes. But it's hard to do. Hard to leave it alone.
1: Agreed. I'm going to drink some coffee. You talk for a minute. I'm just thinking about what environmental print... You said that for toddlers, it's often pictures. Hmm.
0: I mean, that's just a starting point, is understanding yeah. symbols can represent real things, and that's what reading is. These symbols represent these sounds.
1: Yes. So, And how often are we jumping... Are we missing the stages of their actual development mm-hmm. with this end goal of, like, someday you'll be able to read... That this says magnetiles. And you'll put the magnetiles in the magnetile bin. <laughs> and you know when that day is. Like I know it happens. When I've had labels on toys in the past. There's always a few that get it right. But more than anything. What happens is. The kids put all the marble toys away. In the bin labeled magnetiles. Even with the picture. And then a teacher <laughs> comes by. And says. "Oh, This says magnetiles. Dumps everything out. And then makes them put magnets back in, which is like, what is the goal of this environmental print? <laughs> what is the point? Mm-hmm. Is it to get things cleaned up or is it to be a nitpicking, annoying teacher mm-hmm. about connecting words and things? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah so I've worked with... A lot of centers that have gone through and, and NACE's accreditation is really the the standard, the accreditation system that I'm most familiar with. I know there are others out there. Um, but when when those accreditation standards are talking about environmental print, they they talk about things like they offer suggestions like just having paper and pencils in every part of your room. So that yeah. as soon as there's something you want to write down, you can. Or if they want to start practicing, you know, pretending to make lists or whatever, they can. Um, another option is to put labels on everything. Putting labels on everything is easier to manage and easier to do and easier to make sure that you've got the day that they're in your room visiting.
1: So mm-hmm. I understand
0: why why we fall into that. Um, it's easier to explain whatever... Um, having paper and pencils available in every area is harder to manage. And there's the argument that they misuse them and we can't just have pencils everywhere. we misuse those things. <laughs> well, believe me, the argument is made. And oh. so, so it just comes down to what we've, I guess, maybe going around and around. There's other ways to do it to, to meet the same goal. Yeah. If we're, yeah. if we're willing to just stop and put some thought into it. I, I said it before, I've absolutely been the teacher who, labeled everything and thought that was super cool and a, and a good tip for keeping things organized and having the added bonus of providing some language experience. Um, yeah. And, and there just was a point where I was like looking at a room that was labeled everywhere. And I was a director having teachers ask me if they could get some extra planning time because their labels were falling off and they needed like an hour to get the labels all put back on. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh wait, No, (laughs) that's not, (laughs) that's not what we should do with that precious hour.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Here's another thought. I think that labels are a good way for teachers to feel like they have control. Oh, okay. And so when you look at a room that is meticulously labeled, Mm -hmm. at first you're like, wow, they've got all their stuff together. And then you realize that they're just stressed out and needing control and Uh, not understanding how to have healthy amounts of control. By healthy amounts of control, I mean like how to have an actual classroom community Mm -hmm. instead of a teacher telling everyone what to do all the time. Mm -hmm. But I will say an unlabeled classroom when you walk into the room, let's Run this scenario. You walk into a room and there are no labels on anything and the kids are running wild. Mm -hmm. Everyone is crying. Everyone is upset. The teacher is a hot mess. (laughs) That, I could see how someone could say like, why don't you start by labeling and organizing your room because mm. that would give them a false sense of control yeah and that is i think what sort of happens in this trajectory uh-huh because i went yeah. through it too where i don't know how to make a community i don't know where my limits are i don't know how to set limits um the kids are testing all the limits and i don't know how to integrate that mm-hmm. into our day-to-day mm-hmm. so i'll start by here's this baby step yeah
0: sort of misleading baby step Misleading well, that's kind of what i'm what i'm talking about what i was talking about when i said that i support the quality rating system standards but i think the way they're implemented sometimes are um oversimplified or um misguided because we we go so quickly to the gimmick and that's easy yeah. so so if my job is to um be in you know 25 different child care centers a month helping those teachers of varying experience and education levels meet these standards. Um, and, And my visit is one day. Yeah. I have very limited time and they have very limited time. And this is an easy, quick way to say we've met this standard i I get what's behind it, I guess I'm not saying if I walked into your classroom and saw everything labeled that I would automatically assume you were a lazy, uninformed teacher. that's not what I'm saying right, at exactly. all um right. i'm I'm just sort of prodding and poking to see if we can go a little deeper um, and and to you know it's become our background background noise too that label it's not just background yeah. noise for the kids, it's for us too. um it's just become so. Ingrained in our way of doing things and our systems that we don't even think about it again, Uh, which is probably why this quote jumped out at me, even though I've read this book five or six times. um, Yeah, this just jumped out. I just did a an online discussion group for it on the Playvolution HQ site and Mm -hmm. was rereading it for that. And and it jumped out and I totally missed it the first several times. And that's probably because I was a
1: labeler (laughs) when I read it the first few times. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, here's the alternative. Yeah. You walk yes. into a classroom and everyone is working on a thing, mm-hmm. even if the volume's loud. Sure. Technical everyone terms, is working on a thing. happily term. working on a thing. <laughs> Engaged. Uh-huh. Communicating. Um, you can tell immediately that the feel of the room is calm, but active. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Yep. Um... And there aren't any labels anywhere. Would you even care? Um, if, if I was the person
0: coming in to determine whether that person gets accredited or not, I'd care.
1: And I, what I, would you – would you if dig deeper? If it was, would if you it was me, deeper? yes.
0: If it was me in that position, I would say, tell me how you made mm-hmm. the standard. I don't see the evidence immediately in front of me. Tell me how you made it. And give them yeah. a chance to articulate that and – some teachers would be able to do that and some wouldn't, depending on their situation. But some people would just look at it and think, hmm.
1: You got to have classroom's labels. classroom's a mess and because also- nothing's labeled.
0: Children crave that guidance and they need that label. Blech bullshit.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, but that's also a thing that's like, are you willing to fight the system, man? Mm-hmm is that the hill you want to die on or are you just (laughs) gonna label these toys and then care as much as the kids do about it aka not at all and all the labels get ripped off in two weeks
0: that's what I was gonna I was gonna talk about that too with labeling because little kids like to peel stuff off (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) two-year-olds I know we're into it every day at nap time I put little strips of painter's tape all over everything just so when they wake up they have something (laughs) Peel off while that's I'm doing so other cool. things. cool. <laughs> oh, I love it. It is pretty fun to watch. They're so focused. All their tongues are out while they're peeling <laughs> on that tape. Um, so that's the other thing, then, is it's a constant fight to keep those things maintained and on there. Yeah. They, they peel off on their own sometimes. Kids like to peel things. Um, if you rearrange at all, you have to relabel everything.
1: Oh, and you can't just like re stick that tape.
0: No. No, that that was another thing, is anytime teachers wanted to rearrange, they had to have time for relabeling. Yeah.
1: And this girl over here knows how to friggin' label. (laughs) You gotta use the good laminator to laminate the label first. And then then contact paper the whole thing? No, contact paper doesn't stay. No, you're right. You've gotta um, clear... Mail tape, packaging tape. Oh, tape it down. Sure. Then when you rip it off, you, you it's still a label, on it so then you can uh-huh. pull the packaging tape off and retape it wherever you want. Uh-huh.
0: Why are we giving labeling tips on a podcast where we're telling them to not label so many, so much?
1: Because I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> things it I've does. learned that I don't <laughs> use anymore. Can I tell you, though, that I had the kids make their own na- name labels for their cubbies this year? Uh-huh. And they, I was worried that these labels were going to get ripped off and, like, not uh-huh. last because they were a little, um, not as strong as labels I've made in the past. Uh-huh. The kids treat these labels so nicely. Aw,
0: because they did it themselves.
1: They did it themselves, and they don't want work. the sweet eagle that they picked out and... Like, put in exactly the spot. They want everybody to be able to see it, and they want to take care of it. Uh-huh. And they have ownership over it, and it's environmental that's meaningful. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because after the first few days, they've learned, oh, if I want to put something in Sally's cubby, I have to figure out which one is hers, uh-huh. and if her label is not there, I will never know. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. And that, that hits on it that you just use the word meaningful. Mm. It has to be meaningful to the children for it to really have the impact that's intended. So if we are saying that children do, in fact, need to have this experience with environmental print, um, how can we find ways that are meaningful to them? Because the labels on the baskets is really only meaningful to the adults.
1: Yeah. And that one kid.
0: Right. Yes, I have that one, too. You know. <laughs> Yes. yes, introduced to me on my first day in this new classroom as the third teacher in the classroom. Oh. and uh, Gets in arguments uh, with other kids about whether or not she's a good listener.
1: Oh, well. <laughs> wow. Uh, um, yeah. So let's give some examples of yeah. meaningful meaningful environmental, environmental print. print. Yep. Um, so cubby, cubby names. Cubby, cubby names. names.
0: Um uh, narrate, children's narrations, whether that's as they've done some art and you write down what they say about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, although we should not quiz them. What is this? No. That's not what, what I'm talking about anyway is.
1: Do you want me to write any words on here
0: for you? Right. Or they're working and talking and I'm just sitting there writing what's, ha- what they're saying without them being yeah. aware that it's happening. And then after the fact I say, so I wrote down what you were talking
1: about while you,
0: mm-hmm. while you
1: were working. Um, Whoa, name tag labels are yeah. great for that, FYI. Name tag labels? Just those, labels? like, blank sheets of name tags that you would, like, oh, run through printer. yeah. Because oh. then you can slap it on the back.
0: Oh, good idea. Come on. Yeah. Huh. Okay, good tip. Name tag labels. Um, I think just having those, mater- the writing materials all over the place, accessible to yeah. children. So that yeah. they can determine when something needs to be... Mm-hmm documented mm-hmm. um and they can do some of it themselves or they can ask us to to do some of it some children will need i mean it's okay to say i'm going to write down what you're saying you know what yeah. i mean like we don't want to turn everything into a tell me about this but yeah i'm going to write down what you're saying cuz this is interesting to me
1: <laughs> yeah that's absolutely environmental um, um looking things up everywhere oh yes clipboards yeah yeah, yeah. Those are my writing things in every area. Yeah. Go to, um,
0: books. Like if there's a topic that they're into or even, you know, someone asks me why something happens, um, Mm. or, uh, we're really into watching the bugs on the playground, whatever interest we see, then bringing in books about that topic. Uh,
1: this happened. Mm -hmm. Thursday was a pretty great day. Oh, good. Uh, have you read the book Nuffle Bunny 2? No. Have you read Nuffle Bunny? No. <laughs> Hold the phone. <laughs> Mo Willems.
0: No, I really, I'm 100% out of touch with children's literature. I know. Girl, I'm, I'm, aware. I'm
1: about to send you a care package. <laughs> so, Nuffle Bunny 2 is a story about a girl who brings her Nuffle Bunny to school. Okay.
0: How dare she!
1: Put it in your cubby. <laughs> her her nemesis has one that looks very similar and they mm. get swapped. Oh. And then at night they realize it's swapped and they have to swap them back and now they're best friends. Oh. This okay. happened in real life in our classroom. Yeah. And then I read Nuffle Bunny Two as the story at the end of the day that day. Oh. And it was like minds were being blown. <laughs> This happened in real life today, you guys. And you know how we solved it? We wrote their names on the tag of their (laughs) money. Like, that is some environmental print, man. Yes. Yes. And so much more
0: impactful. Yeah. Is that a word? Is impactful a word? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad. Um, Because I hate when I say things that aren't words most of the time.
1: I love making up words.
0: Sometimes they're really funny and it's worth it and I own it, but impactful wasn't funny. Um. <laughs> it was, however, impactful. Yes, exactly. And successful in derailing the conversation. Oh,
1: back to book. Yes, please. So books can be used as so much more than just a story that you read. Yeah. When we were doing our like writing of spooky words, how do you make an R? Pull up the closest book. Here's an R oh, ah, yeah, It doesn't have to be like, oh well, let's walk over to the handwriting area. Uh-huh. Look at, here it is
0: on the right? like here's an R. How do you make an R yeah, like and what I does think it look like to- our our nerd hearts will be in agreement mm-hmm. that that's a wonderful path to set children on. Yes. Let's look at a book to figure this out. <laughs>
1: oh, yes,
0: so rather true. than relying on adults to dispense that information.
1: Uh Uh-huh. You can figure it out your own self. Yeah. (laughs) And how do you draw a goblin? I don't know how to draw a goblin. Right. Can we find one in a book? Mm Mm-hmm. Here's what it looks like. Mm Mm-hmm. What shapes do you see? Yep. Uh, Because pictures are environmental print at this age. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, exactly. So even um, taking pictures of children's work. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes you can put a little narration with it. It's not always necessary. Like for the right. age, for the age that I'm working with, if I took a picture of something that they built mm-hmm. and just kind of put it on a wall somewhere, we could go back to that and talk about it. And just that, that experience with this picture, bringing back that activity that we did and starting this conversation with each other, that's preliteracy. literacy you know that's yeah. language. That's that's all part of this process. Um, yeah. Rather than you know phonics lessons or flashcards or whatever.
1: Yes. Um, I'm not anti having flashcards in a classroom. I know. That would be environmental print. I. If you, and it am depends. Concerned the about
0: runs. how they're used. Yeah. I. Yeah. We have a basket now of just torn up crappy cards. Some have pictures, some just have letters and numbers and nobody now, no, we bring the basket out and we look at the pictures and we talk about it and they, you know, guess what numbers are, whatever. And I don't part, I just sit back and if they put it in my face, I talk to them about it, but otherwise I just watch how they're using it. And I think it's wonderful and I love it. That's why they're still in there. But I also see people, who use them for quizzes and correction, yeah. and that's that's where I say no flashcards.
1: We had a great discussion. We had a set of presidents flashcards Ooh. in our room around Presidents' Day. Okay, last year. and there were some great discussions about that. Like, what do you notice about all these flashcards? Uh-huh. Look at how funny that old dude looks. They're all white men. Did that? Come Why up? are they all? <laughs> white men that came up where are the all the girls so i was like i don't know Beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> let's talk about that for a minute uh-huh. but it wasn't about like oh let's read the names on the back it was right. like who is this and i was like i don't know what does it, on it say like i don't know what von buren looks like off the top of my head Von uh, Buren,
0: president von buren is that who you is have
1: that in your... it? it's van uh, van you know uh, he's Which such a I memorable president.
0: Really no because there's a Seinfeld episode <laughs> where that features heavily. Oh great. There's a street gang called the Van Buren boys <laughs> and their gang sign is the number 7 cuz
1: he was the 7th president. <laughs> you do know a lot about Van Buren. Yeah, yeah. Uh Seinfeld. hey, shout out to another environmental print. Yeah. Kids shirts.
0: Oh, good one. Yeah.
1: Not teacher shirts,
0: because we're not allowed to wear shirts with words on them, but kids' shirts, yep. Tattoos. I wear shirts with words mm, on them. Tattoos. tattoos. Hey. I do a lot of reading and talking about my word tattoos. Ooh. Hmm. I get into an endless conversation with one little girl who points at mine and says, Daddy tattoo. And I say, oh, Daddy has a tattoo. Yes, Daddy tattoo. Oh, Daddy has a tattoo. Yes, Daddy tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> infinite loop (laughs) as long as she's going i'll go yeah um yeah so kids shirts that's a good one we do talk a lot about what's on them Uh
1: uh-huh
0: um or let children talk about what's on them i guess is what i want to say because otherwise it can also turn into endless quizzing yeah and uh that's not what i'm talking about right Mm, good one
1: Hmm. it's a good list yeah, are there any that big ones that were missing? No, I'm trying to think. I don't think so. Um, we frequently have things written down that the kids have observed about a thing. Oh. So, like, uh, what was your favorite part of our walk today? Mm-hmm. And we write it all down. Yep.
0: Oh, um, not every time, but sometimes when I go on walks with kids, we'll uh, I'll give them a little clipboard paper with pictures of things we might see on the walk for them to notice that's sort of environmental print if they want to some kids aren't into it um Mm -hmm. and some folks aren't interested in letting kids look at anything on their walk
1: oh you can't look at things on the walk god damn it we're marching (laughs) forward forward that would be insane
0: (laughs) oh my gosh yeah that's another good one Hmm. I think that's a good list.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm sure there's more. Yeah, I mean
1: words on mugs, words on backpacks, uh-huh. brands. That's really the entry point. Is the wh- brands? Brands. Oh yeah, like mm-hmm. Egos. Yeah,
0: the McDonald's arch. Yeah, it's not the end of the world that children know that so young. That's it's part of their drive.
1: Good graphic go. design, man. Yeah.
0: It's environmental print. It's a symbol that represents a real thing. It's
1: pre-reading. And that's what... This is another environmental print thing that kind of bugs me, uh-huh. but I don't know if I've totally come to terms with it. Okay. Uh, when you, like, print out a bunch of those things and make cards of them. Mm. I, that, I guess I feel the same way I do about flashcards. Yeah. If they're just, like, a thing to the side that supplements, that. That's the word for flashcards. If it's a supplement to the play, uh-huh. then awesome. But if it is the main diet, right. then why are you quizzing kids about what the McDonald's arch is and what it starts with? Like, <laughs> right. right. I could see how that could be implemented in a fun way. Just like a basket full of um, restaurant, since we're talking about McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. They've been playing restaurant a lot uh-huh. and they've been building restaurants with blocks and mm-hmm. then you plop these signs of common names. That mm-hmm. to me would be a supplemental environmental print. Yeah. But if you're like holding up at circle time, what's this right. one? Burger King. Right. What's this one? Right. Like that's weird. Yeah. And I know
0: there are folks who would hear this and say, we shouldn't be glorifying fast food. We should, but it's for, for the, for the age groups that we're with, the reality is it's there. And, um, it's not that we're saying go to McDonald's every day. It's what right. we're saying this means something to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And let's look at why that's okay. And... and maybe pull up the ones that they're interested in. Right. Yeah. So, like, you have observed and done your homework as a teacher. Uh huh. Hey, you guys like to play that your restaurant is McDonald's, and you like to play that it's Tad's ki- Chicken and Dumplings. <laughs> So those are the things, like yeah, Dairy yeah. Queen would be. In the, I'm thinking of like the three restaurants close to us. Right. Cool. Yeah.
0: I guess what I'm saying is, um, that's not the way. If you, if your goal is to teach children about healthy eating or whatever, right? Quizzing on them and having a theme about healthy food and that kind of stuff is maybe not as effective as just feeding them healthy food when they're with you,
1: right? <laughs> or when they ask you what you want at the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> order a salad and then they right. say we don't have salad and then you say well I'm looking for something healthy what do you have uh-huh. exactly yes all we have is ice cream and chicken nuggets like mmm guess I'm not shopping at the restaurant <laughs> yeah. <extra> today guys. <laughs> I need some vegetables yes
0: okay any last thoughts print rich nope. print overstimulation. that was good alright well I'm gonna I'm gonna sign this one off with a challenge ooh to the listeners. Oh, in the comments, leave me oh. leave me some new sentence starters. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll see if I can incorporate them into future podcasts.
1: <laughs> oh, that sounds like a good challenge. Also, I only tallied two. Hope I so get some good ones. I think I um, think you're doing that thing where you're only remembering that could be too. That's a like, Well, I'll I'll go back and listen
0: and let you know okay. if you're right. Because maybe you just don't know how to keep track. That's possible.
1: (laughs) Entirely possible.
0: All right. Well, I'm glad you're back. Yay. Yay, Thanks for recording. And thanks, you guys, for listening. And we'll be back with another episode of That Early Childhood. That's the show. Now Now, go get your nerd on. has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy... Whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks.